Oh, sorry. It's like, yeah, I can't be funnier without just doing like, you know, shock value stuff. But um, there's all sorts of ways to be funny. And I'm just, I'm just after so long, I'm just now learning that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it's crazy because when I first started doing comedy, a lot of the older comics told me, you don't even know what you're doing for the first 10 years. And I just, okay, okay, whatever. I've been doing it for two or three years. I know what I'm doing. That's weird. (laughs) But I feel like this past year or so, I've had this, uh, like I almost, I put it on Facebook. I almost feel like I, um, I, the psychology of comedy finally clicked in my head. Mm -hmm. Because for a long time, yeah, for a long time, silence would just kill me on stage. Yeah, you don't want to wait it out. Even if it was my fault. Like, if I'm quiet for, like, you know, 30 seconds to think of the next joke or whatever, I, I sabotage myself from there, and I just nosedive. But now, I, I embrace the silence, and I use it to my advantage, you know, and so I really, it's just a lot different. Yeah, silence is a really important part, I think. Um, I, I used to get notes from people, you're just you're just rushing through, you're not giving people time to catch up and laugh. Mm-hmm. And so when I finally, you know, just as I'm returning to the stage, I'm pausing a lot more and getting yeah. comfortable with silence, and people are laughing more. It's yeah. just, I think, a really important part is you have to be willing to stop. Yeah, you're right, failure. absolutely. But if you don't stop, you don't give a chance for anything to happen. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing that. I've been using pauses to my advantage as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's awesome. That's great. That. Yeah. I was just so afraid. I used to just rush through everything, you know, mm-hmm. and just, you know, I wouldn't pause unless I was really confident in the joke. And so I, I was just like, it was like, you know, so I think that, you know, a certain joke was funny, but maybe it wasn't, you know, maybe others could have had a chance had I let more silence be there. But, um, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, that's what I feel more comfortable with now. Yeah. It's Especially for mine. Cause I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no problem. Oh, no, that was especially, you know, as you, oh, I was just saying you have to be like, okay, with failure, you know, just, I'm more comfortable with trial and error. I mean, that's what open Mm -hmm. mics are for. That's, you know, what you're doing. I'm doing a lot of writing right now. It's like, just go fail. You know, who cares? Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not a show. It's for that. Yeah. Yeah. I was especially my jokes, because a lot of my jokes are like thinkers. Like it takes you a couple seconds to, to connect the dots. And so the pausing really helps that because usually like if i just brush through it by the time they get it i'm off to the next thing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then you don't know what they're laughing at yeah <laughs> or not laughing at all <laughs> recording is really i i tend to like record all my sets but then it takes me forever to listen to them and so then i'll look at my phone it's like oh i have 10 sets and it's like okay i have to set up an hour of my day aside you know so i just need to get in the habit of recording it listening to it right away and making notes that way I yeah. won't be building a store, but yeah, recording is really good. Cause then you, you see what you're doing. You see where the laughs are actually. Cause sometimes when you're on stage, taking it in, you can't really entirely tell what's happening. Yeah. yeah that's <laughs> a lot of good. What we do sometimes is we'll listen to it on the way home. Mm-hmm. That's a good, that's a good, that is a good strategy. I it's still really that. fresh, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, so that's a good like- idea commentate on where like the jokes hit at that point sam can even like come up with another new tag just based on how he delivered it that night because sam is like really cool with um changing his delivery he could use the same joke but say it in a different way and it almost like recycles the joke to make it sound new and i like that about him oh cool yeah yeah that's a great idea Mm mm-hmm yeah, my boyfriend's actually gotten out with me and done a couple sets. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm trying to uh, talk him into doing it more because I think that would be really fun for us to, yeah. he's, you know, um, we'll, we'll see how interested he gets in it. He's come up with some pretty funny stuff and he's already seeming to get it faster than I did. <laughs> um, just like I was like, just in one, he did one set, you know, and he rushed through like a lot of comics. Doing the next set, it was like he really took his time, really seemed to have absorbed everything. I'm like, wow, I wish I could improve that fast. But it would be <laughs> in Orange County, it's like we're, I'm like, I have one mic that's four minutes away, and the rest of the mics are like 45 minutes to an hour. They're up in Long Beach, they're down in San Diego. And so, it's like it's really time consuming to get the, to them. So it would be cool if yeah, I could get him to kind of do it with me. And then we could like, you know, sp- spend more time together. Cause yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it, it does. I do really miss San Francisco and the Bay Area and being so close where you have several mics like that are 10 minutes away. And mm-hmm. I should have taken advantage because now it's like, wow, I'm in the middle of nowhere. 
Mm, yeah. Hey, quick change of plans. Can we interview him instead? Oh my god. <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. Uh, okay. Sleeping right now, I'm sure. <laughs> wake his ass up. I'm just kidding. Hey, welcome to the Hypothetical Comedy Podcast. I am Funky Sam Medina. And I am Athena Rodriguez. And we're here with fellow comedian Nicole Turley. Woo! How you doing? Yay. Nicole? How's it going? Hey. Good. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for being here. Yeah. No problem. Thanks for having me on. It's been a while since we were able to like hang out with you and talk to you and stuff, even though this is virtual. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> um, well, you know, I mean, one good thing that the pandemic did, I think, was um, make it so people got used to using the technology. So at least yeah. now, far away, we're connected. Um, yeah. yeah. And another when, great thing, yeah, is a lot yeah. of us are working from home, which is what I really like. <laughs> me too. I am. I'm working from home, yeah. I was going to say one thing about... Uh, about the whole um, pandemic was I remember sitting there, you know, 2020 just hanging out with a bunch of comics online and going, I would never have hung out with comics online before the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> like that's not something I ever would have thought of doing. Let's all hang out online. What? <laughs> no, it's great. You know, and there's lots of people have come up with like cool little shows out of it. Like um, yeah. we've done together a match game apocalypse. I mean, oh, that's one of my favorites. Match game is so yeah. fun. That is a lot of fun. I always like tell people like when I'm on it, it's like, okay, it's not safe for work. I don't know what you're going to be hearing. So if you're really sensitive, (laughs) maybe you shouldn't watch it. Yeah. I always tell people to watch it too. I'm like, watch the show, watch the show. It's so fun. It really is. Oh yeah. That's great. And it's always full of people that I like know or like or whatever, you know, which is cool. And then like, like I saw you on it a few months ago and I think that was the first time I saw you in a while. Yeah. That's always good for me too. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of, yeah, during the pandemic, I was kind of in the middle of a career change. Um, and so I didn't take advantage of the online mics as much. So I had a really long period where I didn't do anything. Um, and starting up with doing match game is like when I was like, God, I really miss doing this. Um, and so that's when I started to like write more and find out where the mics were. But, um, yeah, that was, it's really great because I got to like, reconnect with the whole comedy scene you know and and beyond they have people from like new york and everywhere so um that was that was really cool that's been like a great you know because i don't know if you're if you're like me i take a lot of breaks but if you're away from comedy for a while you really miss it and you miss the camaraderie and the friendships Mm -hmm. so the match game was like a really great way for me to reconnect with all of that yeah Yeah, and kind of get the ball rolling again for you Yeah. yeah we stopped in 20 we stopped uh like 2016 and 2019 something like that and uh we got into it just before the before the pandemic yeah we had really good timing yeah we did yeah because oh yeah well because i i always say that if i wasn't doing it if i wasn't doing it before the pandemic i would not have gotten the zoom comedy mm-hmm. so yeah you know. but aren't you glad you did because so much has yes. come out of it i mean yeah no i'm lots so glad of potential. yeah and i've met so many people from all over the world like i can go almost mm-hmm. anywhere in the world and somebody will be able to give me stage time probably oh yeah that's true are mm-hmm. you guys planning any traveling coming up uh, my finances are not, but, <laughs> but that's something that we want to yeah. move into. But we do eventually traveling. want to travel, yeah, mm-hmm. for comedy and go get out there and go to other places and stuff. Yeah, that would be that. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah, and you know, with Zoom, it's like it's it's a lot easier to do that. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't really been watching. Are there people doing a lot of Zoom shows still? No, yeah. not really. I, I mean, think so. I just much back there's, on stage. there's still you know a handful of shows, but like it's not like abundance like it was during the pandemic yeah there's still some there's still some yeah and i bet there's a lot of podcasts and like cool little shows that came out of it yeah yeah have you um i know you said match game yes but have you seen who wrote this shit who wrote this shit no that's a really good one i'm not sure if they're still doing it um but it was robbie sandler and chelsea beers and it was their game show and it was really cool those two oh my gosh that is amazing what what do they do how do you describe it um it's kind of like a game show so yeah Yeah, so they'll give you you like a prompt right like they'll say a prompt Uh and then everybody all the contestants or all the the panel will write a response to this prompt it can be anything in the world that you want to write and then they give the two contestants all the responses that the panel wrote and then i have to go um i think uh rock me like a hurricane was nicole turley And then, uh, and then they go, "Oh no, that wasn't me," or you know, whatever. Yeah, but it's really fun. It's so funny. 
Yeah. Oh, those two are so funny. That's great. Yeah. I, I, I have to look that up. And even if, if they're not currently running it, I'll have to see. There's a bunch oh. of episodes on YouTube. If I love it. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. I'm going to be checking that out today. That sounds just amazing. We used to, I used, we used to watch it like every week live. Like fun. for a while. <laughs> we were even honored a couple of times. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. You guys had fun, I take it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Don't forget Ronnie Sandler. There's just, there's, well, there's amazing. There's crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was one thing that I really liked uh, during the pandemic is it really got people to be super creative and innovative with what they had and working with what they got. And that's, that's dope. That's hella cool to me. I, like I mean, that. that's how things happen. That's how things grow. Um, mm-hmm. And like, you know, first you think pandemic bad, but you know, which it is bad, you know, there's a lot of, but you need to, you just, I think life, you know, and comedy is about working with what you're given and making yeah. the best of it and saying, Hey, this sucks, but how can it not suck? Um, which is something I haven't been naturally good at, but I've gotten better at it over the years. And comedy has been like part of that, like, you know, taking a situation and just making it work, which is yeah. kind of like, you know, <laughs> like a premise, you take a premise and you find a way to make it work. And, you know, if you sit around and like complain about it and talk about how bad it is, you're not going to get anywhere. Right. Um, but when you put a situation and you make it work for you and then you're like, oh, you know, I mean, I'm glad this happened because if this hadn't happened, then this wouldn't have happened. So, yeah. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. So you said you're in Orange County. For some reason, I thought you moved to San Diego. Uh, that was the original plan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> here's what happened. Um so um, the funny thing is we could have stayed in San Diego, <laughs> but originally um, I um, got a job with a medical marketing company doing social media and content writing. Oh, and that's cool. it was supposed to be, it is really, yeah, it's really cool. And it makes me a really annoying patient because I always ask doctors, well, I wrote in this article, but you know. Well, um, so, <laughs> people come up, I, I write articles and blog posts for doctors' websites. So um so it originally I got the job and I, we were down in San Diego planning to look for a place down there. And I got this job in, um, originally the, the office was in Lake Forest, which is, I'm in San Clemente. It's about 14 minutes from where I am. And they said, well, for the first, for the rest of the pandemic, we are going to be online, but you have to be willing to move into the office once we're back out of the pandemic. So it's like, okay, well, we got to find a place near Lake Forest. And that's how we ended up in San Clemente. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we're away from everything. There are all these Trump <laughs> posters everywhere. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> and, <laughs> but it's like, no, we need to be close to where you're going to work. So come, we move down here, we get all settled in and then time goes on. And then we decide, you know, we really all like working at home. So we're just going to go virtual now. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so now I'm here. I mean, there is, there's, San Clemente is really lovely. There's lots of nice beaches, but it would have been, it would have been nice to stay closer to an urban center, mm-hmm. like either yeah. close to, you know, we're actually closer to LA physically, but the drive is just horrendous. It makes it further away. It'd probably oh, be easier for me to get down to but it's just, I'm kind of like a good hour away from either kind of epicenter. So it's like, huh, you know, it just makes things difficult. But, um, but yeah, so that's how I ended up in Orange County. And I felt bad because people would send me messages. It's like, where are the open mics in San Diego? It's like, oh, I didn't end up living there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So yeah, we moved here. Um, but you know, it's really, there's, it's, it's a really safe area. It's really nice. It's got a really nice downtown and beach. Um, the um the you know the the, the atmosphere is a lot more conservative. I didn't realize it, it was such a red air. Like I told this joke about Ted Cruz. I've told it twice here and I've gotten groans both times. People <laughs> boo. Uh, people like Ted Cruz here. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> it was a joke to everybody. <laughs> okay, wow. I guess it's like everyone's like, what? That's our hero, <laughs> man. I was floored. <laughs> I was like, Lord, it's like, no, oh, okay. Hey, I because yeah. I thought everybody, I thought nobody. It's just yeah, it's just you learn a lot that being in like this the you know Bay Area bubble, you know where everybody yeah. thought the same and everybody thought like I do. Now I'm in a place where people totally think differently, and you kind of have to readjust. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's funny. We actually <laughs> live in a Trump town, and we are about an hour from everything too. Yep. Okay. So, yeah, we feel your pain on that. <laughs> we didn't realize. We didn't yeah, realize. Yeah, the stuff. <laughs> yeah, we didn't realize how bad it was, uh, like red wise, I guess, until mm-hmm. like pandemic time. Yep. And then we got all the Trump people on the corners holding signs up. Oh, that's the worst. Yeah, and elections coming around too, and he's running again, so we get to see all. That. Oh, he is. 
Wow, yeah. I did not know that he was coming again. Yeah, um, yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see what we'll happens. We'll see. Yeah, I'm, I'm just waiting for the time when all the posters, because we got here and they were just, you know, Trump kiosks everywhere. And, <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? I thought this, I thought California was a blue, but I think it's right? like. Um, exactly. Pretty much there's blue states and red states, but bigger urban areas tend to be more blue. Mm-hmm. And as you go out to the country, they tend to be more red. Yeah, um, I can see that. That's just a rule that I completely forgot about. <laughs> yeah, and we're in like a little country, little farm town. Where are you guys at again? Tracy. Tracy. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's quite a waste from everything. Yeah, we're about yeah. an hour from we're an hour from San Jose, hour from San Francisco, hour from Oakland. Oh my gosh. Oh, from, uh, hour from Sac. about an hour and a half from Sac. How do you guys work like the the like the driving and it's just a lot of driving pretty much yeah basically yeah but i mean we're good with like listening to you know comedy podcasts or music talk to each other or we write or we talk what are you gonna do tonight you know what are you gonna yeah. say what are you talking about well this and this or hey, i have this joke what do you think about this mm-hmm. oh, cool. like that. so you know we make we make we make it happen yeah. the yeah. worst part though is is parking but oh you know my that. Gosh. You know that, I'm sure. <laughs> like well, we parking still... is pretty easy where I am, but yeah, LA is bad. Um, San Francisco. Bad, but San Francisco, yeah, that was the, the worst. worst. We I get mean, so I... stressed out when we're trying I to park. <laughs> I do not miss that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, not only that, but it's like um, sometimes you got to circle for a while for that parking spot. Oh, or crazy. You're like, you see parking spots that are available, but nobody's parking there. And you're like, why is nobody <laughs> parking there? Or there's a nice spot and she just flies right by it. I'm like, oh, oh there, was a, there was a spot right there. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I have been I'll there. <laughs> and then by the time we come back, it's gone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then you have to worry about your car getting broken into. Yes. They just... In fact, we did a show. She did a show uh, last week and we found a spot. And then we weren't sure, like, oh, I don't know. And then somebody's like, oh, there's a parking garage around the corner. So we're like, let's go to the parking garage. So we went to the parking garage, and they're like, oh, we closed in half an hour. So I'm like, oh, well, we can't do this. <laughs> so we went back to the spot that we originally found, and the person that was coming to see Athena at the show was parked there. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. Well, like, at least she found parking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, it's important that the audience finds parking. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh yeah um yeah i heard the westerfield mall in san francisco is closing down oh, oh wow yeah it's just crazy all the stuff that's happening there um i don't know yeah. if i'm familiar oh it's a mall it's like a on mall. market <laughs> is it huge is it... yeah yeah oh, okay. like i've probably thing. been there probably yeah i just found out about that yeah Oh, and Mark, I just, that reminds me, I'm just jumping around here, but like Market Street, it, when, if you miss your, if you miss like your turn, you're just stuck for like miles and miles. <laughs> oh, good to know. Oh <laughs> Noted. God. Yeah. It's just like, uh, it, and you can't even drive down parts of it now. Uh. Oh. Wow. All right. Well, we'll be in Orange County. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be moving down there. So Nicole, you, were you uh, born and raised in the Bay Area? No, actually, I was born in Illinois and oh, wow. I moved. Um, I moved when I was four, so I didn't move. My parents moved to us um, to port to the Portland, Oregon area. Like, actually, my official hometown was Milwaukee, Oregon, um, home of uh, Tanya Harding. That's what we're. Oh, nice. Um, and then I grew up basically in the Portland area, um, and then I moved in 2010 to the Bay Area. Oh, oh wow. okay, that's around the time I was getting. Into, we were both kind of getting into comedy. Yeah, got into, yeah I, I, got, I got, it was around. Into, uh, I moved to the Bay Area around the time I got into comedy. Yeah. Okay, what brought you um, to I the Bay Area? Started a little in Portland. Um, you know, so many things. I was just at a pivot point in my life. A relationship had ended. Um, I lived in Portland so long. I, you know, I wanted a new adventure. And um, I wanted a place with more comedy going on because I was in Portland and I just felt, you know, it just felt small. And I'd always wanted to live in a bigger city. And I just went on vacation with a friend to San Francisco and just absolutely fell in love with the place. Oh, wow. Like it was it was very I I don't advise making decisions this way, but it was very (laughs) emotional. It was a very emotional decision. Like, let's go off on a big grand adventure, you know, and I thought of like. (laughs) 
But, you know, in, in hindsight, there were a lot of ups and downs and a lot of, you know, crazy stuff that I went through there. But I'm glad that I did it because it's made me the person I am today. Yeah. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I wish I'd known now. I wish I'd known then what I know now when I moved to San Francisco. We all, we all wish we knew that. In, but, um, <laughs> we all wish we knew that. <laughs> you learn at your own. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it was just, it was a very, you know, just, you know, I'm going off on a dungeon, you know, it was just very, <laughs> just a split decision came back, you know, um, you know, it was at, in Portland for a while. It's like, oh, I really wish I was in San Francisco. Okay. Um, I just went down there, found an apartment, came back, quit my job. Okay. I'm leaving. Bye. <laughs> Two weeks. Wow. <laughs> That's incredible. How long did it take you um, from when you went, left San Francisco to like when you moved back? Oh, um, oh, to when I left. Oh, when you uh, went, when you went I, on vacation, it was like three months. You actually moved there. I think oh. it was like three months. It okay. was a really quick turnaround. Yeah. No, yeah. wait, no, it was longer than that. I think I went to visit in September, and I was September of two thousand nine, and then I was living there by March of two thousand ten. Wow. That's so it wasn't super quick, but super quick for me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> that definitely. is kind of quick. That time flies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. It really does. And you're there for like nine years? Yeah, like 10, I think longer, like maybe 12 or, yeah, because I moved in, um, was it, I think I have, yeah, I think it was, I was there until 2020 or it was okay, either 2019. Okay. Yeah, we left just a few months into the pandemic, which is crazy because I had just gotten a new job right before the pandemic started at this hotel um, where I was doing like a little running open mic just down the street at um, the lovely um, OMG. Oh, we passed, <laughs> we passed by OMG the other day. How is it doing? Yeah. I don't know. We just passed by, but I was like, Oh, there's OMG. <laughs> oh, look, OMG. Um, that is a great place. I mean, it's a great place. The guy that runs it is really awesome. Um, and, you know, it's always been a great supportive place for comedy. Um, but, um, yeah, I had just gotten this new job. I thought I was going to be working in it for a while. And all of a sudden people started talking about this pandemic because I was going to do Sandra Rizzer's show like a couple weeks away and people were going and she, you first no, notice I got about things shutting down. She was like, well, we're going to have the show online because of this pandemic that's coming up. A lot of people are canceling. And then they ended up canceling the show because nobody wanted to do it online. And then um, I was at work. They were talking, we might shut down because people are canceling reservations. And my coworker, Michael, was saying, well, you know, I think this is going to blow over in like three weeks. Yeah, you know? a lot of people were saying that. Yeah. <laughs> it ends up, you know, we, they shut down. <laughs> months go by. <laughs> and then we get this notice, well, we're going to be shutting down indefinitely. And then, you know, it was kind of like, ah, um, and so, you know, my boyfriend's, his work was drying up there and it's like, well, you know, for financial reasons, we need to, let's go. We, so we went and stayed with his parents down in San Diego for a while. Um, and his business started to really pick up down here and I got this, you know, cool new job that I have now. Um, and yeah, things kind of changed, but it was good though. Cause I'm working in a field that I really enjoy, you know? And um, I'm still making the same amount of money I was when I was working in the hotel in San Francisco. But um, so it just really all and now I get to work from home. So it all just kind of in this roundabout way kind of worked out. Um, Would be nice to be closer to comedy. But, um, you know, it's I'm in a real cool situation now. Yeah, that's cool. And then yeah, it it sucks. You have to drive an hour and a lot of traffic. But yeah, you can still get there. Yeah, that's good. You know. Yeah, well, there are like Orange County mics that are like not too bad on traffic. There's Long Beach. Huntington Beach is 45 minutes away. They have this really nice, cool club, comedy club called um, The Rec Room. No, it's not The Rec Room, was it? I think it's called The Rec Room. Yeah. Um, It's neat. It's like this little arcade, and next door is like a comedy club. Oh, (laughs) it's like you know you walk into this big like arcade and then over off to the it's just weird places where they will decide to put comedy clubs (laughs) i like that idea like the laundromat comedy club oh yeah brainwash i never did brainwash i didn't even know it was a laundromat until a few years ago oh really yeah i've always heard of it oh but it's funny because wash wash is the name I never, mm-hmm. I never made that connection. And then somebody mentioned it was a laundromat. I was like, oh, no, I saw a picture. Somebody put a picture at the brainwash. I'm like, holy shit, that was a laundromat. <laughs> yeah, I've never been there. Who came up with that idea? Oh, there's a laundromat. Oh, you know what? We should do an open mic. <laughs> yeah. You know what this laundromat needs? It needs an open mic. <laughs> you know who came up with that idea? The Godfather, Tony Sparks. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't, know if I, was, I don't know if that was his idea or not, but that's crazy. Yeah. 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 Doing some comedy at some weird places, but never a laundromat. I did one at a, a um, 
a CD store, like a record store one time? Yeah. Rass that seemed like an ideal spot for yeah. Rass. Oh, they had one there. I remember Rass. It was in San Jose. But yeah. Oh, it was in San Jose. Okay. There was a Rasputin, a record store down in San Francisco that I think was called Rasputin. But you're talking Probably. about San Probably. Jose. Yeah. 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 A record store sounds like an ideal spot for an open mic, though. You know. Yeah, yeah. the weird part about the though there was nowhere for the audience to sit; they just kind of yeah. had to stand around, <laughs> just walk around. That was the weirdest part. Was like there was no seats. There was just <laughs> all right. Stand here and watch us do comedy now. <laughs> oh, so was it hard to retain people? Because you know nobody likes to stand. Yeah, I mean, you know, quite a few people stood around. You know, maybe like ten people or ten, fifteen people stood around, walked in, walked out. Like it's you so know, much easier to around. walk. They're yeah. already up. <laughs> Because you, uh, it was places you know, like except where you can kind of walk around and browse CDs and listen to the comedy still kind yeah. of. Yeah. So. Okay. Was, oh, then you got to fight for attention. Oh, that that always made me so nervous was having to like fight for attention. Yeah. Because it was like I would always like be like, why can't we have open mics in like a comedy club environment? You know, but it's like, well, this is how you learn. You have to fight for the audience's attention. Yeah. So then when you get to a real setting, then you're actually really primed to you know hold that attention. But I used to just like whine about why can't we do it in a spot that's more comedy friendly? Man? You know, it's like, well, <laughs> we do these things in these off places because it builds skill and character yeah. and character yeah exactly exactly oh, have you ever done one of those shows that's in a bar that's super loud oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah he shuts up and you have to yell down the audience it's just like it's like how i mean that has happened more times than i could count i have nightmares about shows at loud bars where everybody's being super loud <laughs> and i'm just like talking to three people that can hear me in front <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Those are like the worst because your, your voice hurts because you're trying to, you know, <laughs> you have to have something really big and bold to grab their attention and you've got to hold it. And that, that is probably the toughest environment to do comedy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or a place like a bar where they didn't expect or they don't want comedy. <laughs> Oh yeah. We did this we did this open mic at this I love the bar, I love the stage, I love the curtain. Like it was a great spot to do open mic. We were outside, Athena and I, and this drunk guy came up to us. He's like, This comedy is horrendous. <laughs> oh it's so terrible. And then he looks at Athena and he what did he say? You were the least painful. Yours the- your set was the least painful to listen to. <laughs> Oh, I thanks. I guess <laughs> I'm like, oh, thank you. But this was a person <laughs> at a bar drinking a mysterious liquid out of a Carl's Jr. cup. Oh yeah, his point. <laughs> so his opinion, I'm sure, went a long way. <laughs> so he's at a bar. They let him bring a Carl's Jr. cup. <laughs> I guess, yeah. You got like, him. Get his own toilet bowl. <laughs> prison liquor that he was making <laughs> but he was going on and on and he was so drunk and you know like when people are like super drunk like they're just like saying the same shit over and over and over yeah and he was just talking <laughs> about how bad the show was <laughs> and how much nobody liked it and how much he was gonna stop coming to the bar and this and this and then <laughs> about a month or so later they stopped the mic oh yeah he loved probably because of that guy i love that venue i'm like i'm gonna record my special here which which venue was it, it- uh, it was called rocco's blue max it isn't like that. Sunnyvale or Santa Clara or something. Okay. Yeah, I've yeah. only been ever been to Sunnyvale for roosters. Wait. They have like like you walk in the real door and they have saloon doors. I love that. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna go there just to have a beer one day, maybe. It's so far from there. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing, Cody again? Like past the Carlos Jr. Cup. <laughs> I want to know what was in that Carl's Jr. cup. Oh, I don't. It was his own urine. Oh, no. <laughs> maybe he's like so alcoholic that he like, you know, re-drinks his pee to get. Oh, oh maybe he <laughs> orders from the bar and just pours it into the cup. He's that like, could no, be. I got my he's own. Like, no, I'm just going to pour yeah. it. He's this. environmentally friendly. He is. He's like, here, go. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, so let's get back on topic here. Yeah. Did you say so you said you started comedy in Oregon? yeah in portland yeah wow well uh, how did you decide like you wanted to do comedy yeah um i had been doing theater for years and i was just i was bored with it and i was sick of auditioning for the chance to perform and on top of that i was always trying to find comedic monologues for auditions and i could never find good comedic monologues for women 
And then I'd say, why can't I just write my own monologue? And it's like, no, you can't do that because it's theater and the rules and eh, they don't like, you know. <laughs> and um, a friend of mine suggested I try stand up. You know, it's like, okay, I can just go perform when I want to and get my performance high and I don't have to audition for the right to perform and I can write my own stuff. Um, and then I did my first mic and I just totally bombed <laughs> wrote like a monologue, which like, no, that's not. Um, but then I came back and I did jokes. Um, and it's like, okay, this is kind of how it worked. And, um, you know, I'm just from there, you know? Yeah. Um, and they were in bars a lot and I liked to drink back then. So it's like, cool, get drunk and get on stage. Not yeah. something I would advise doing. Um, I, I, it's a lot easier to do comedy now that I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was drinking a lot for a while during comedy too, but I kind of slowed down on that. It's yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, you want to support the bar and you know whatever else too. And, yeah. And, well, you can and, yeah. <laughs> and you get paid in drink tickets half the time. Yeah, that's the thing. You get paid in free drink tickets all the half the time. And um, oh yeah, on top of that, you know, I worked in a bar during the day, and mm-hmm. then when I moved to San Francisco, I worked in restaurants that had a bar. And then I worked in bars that would allow you to drink on the job. It was just a recipe for alcoholism right there. Because everywhere I would go was booze, 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 booze. I'm surprised my liver survived. (laughs) (laughs) I really am. Had I not quit when I did, I'd probably be like, totally. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's really. And then you feel like you always feel like, oh, I need that social lubricant. Um, Yeah. Getting on stage dry. I was like, oh, this feels weird. But I'm like, oh, my God, I can handle this cool i'm all powerful but (laughs) but it's tough getting used to like you know performing your first time sober without that kind of shield but then you know you get used to it but yeah um yeah so um yeah i started in portland um in retrospect i probably should have spent more time there honing my craft but i was just thinking oh things aren't moving the way i want them to because i'm just in too small of a town so I'm just going to, yeah. you know, I, it's all, I, you know, a rookie comedy mistake. It's not like, no, you just need more practice, Nicole. You need to get over your ego. You need to learn and just take it at its, at its own pace and concentrate on the craft. You don't need to move somewhere where they appreciate you. So I did that, you know, in, in retrospect, that was a dumb move, but you know, I eventually things have all worked out, but um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, I got to San Francisco and things were told one thing that was a benefit is that people have a lot more hustle here. So I had to up my game a lot more. It was exhausting, but you know, people were people, everybody in San Francisco was like starting a podcast, doing their own shows. And in Portland, you maybe had like one or two go-getters that were, you know, (laughs) and everybody else just went to mics and performed, you know? So I was like, Oh God, I got to up my game. You know, you have to really up your game. And then you, you know, people are just, they're, they just in bigger cities, they're more competitive. They're a little more industrious. So, and then when I came into San Francisco, bringer shows were huge. And that was a real stumbling block for me because I didn't have any friends and the friends I had (laughs) would never make it to shows. And so it's like, I would never, it's like, I'd ask to do a show and they go, you have to bring 10 people. I'm like, Oh, this is frustrating. So then I was afraid to ask, do shows because like well is this, a, is this a show show or is this a bringer you know and i think when i left it didn't seem like bringer shows were as big but there was a time in san francisco where it seems like bringer shows were the thing yeah like, no definitely run these shows and they'd go to open mics and look for the people who had friends and put and that frustrated me because i'd see somebody that had started comedy for like two weeks you know, even though I'd been in comedy for one or two years, <laughs> um, but, and I go, they're already doing shows. I must be doing and that. Just really got to my head. It oh, really no, did. And right, I, yeah. I wish I hadn't, I should have just, you know what? It'll happen in its good time. Focus on the craft, you know, but you know, on what they're doing, right. Yeah. It's a lesson, you know? So um, hopefully as I get back into it this time, you know, I'll have a better attitude. We'll think, we'll see how things go. But yeah, my attitude was really wrong for a lot of my comedy career. It was all about, well, I got to, this has to happen this way, blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, like, why is this person getting this show? And it's like, just ignore that. And the people, yeah. friends of mine that are in comedy that did that, just ignored all that crap and just focused on their craft and were professional about it, they eventually started to go places and they're eventually getting somewhere. So, um, I just, you know, I just didn't really have a lot of patience, but you know, I learned a lot of lessons along the way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how long did you do it in, in uh, Portland before you moved to San Francisco? Um, like, like about a year. Yeah, about a year, I think. It wasn't, I didn't give it a lot of time. I was real, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, you know, and another thing I might is I, I, I should have kept acting and doing theater on top of that because I think that would have mm. helped my comedy. Yeah. Uh, but I, I just was dumb. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, you know, I just didn't, I wasn't talking to the right people because a lot of comics will also act and that helps it. Um, so, um, but, you know. I mean, it's not uh, too late. You're not far from LA. That's true. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean. Maybe some groundlings, some improv. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Groundlings material. My improv. Are they most, are they improv mostly? Or are they sketch? I don't know. I mean, sketch I can do. Improv I'm horrible at. But I think improv is probably like everything else. You have to learn how to do it. Yeah. But the few times I've tried it, I just, oh my God, it was just so God awful. But, you know, I, I think, you know, you are God awful when you first start doing an oh, art form. Yeah. Art. Yeah. That's Almost okay. anything. That's a big, it's a big myth that you're somehow a natural talent. No, the people that make <laughs> it are the people that work hard and do what they need to do. And you, talent will only get you so far. I mean, talent is helpful, but really, you know, it's about, you know, work, making mistakes and taking risks, working hard and not letting, you know, the wrong things get to your head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So everyone learn from my mistakes because I know like, <laughs> every mistake a comic could make. I totally made it. <laughs> you know, you were mentioning before we, we started recording that uh, when you first started doing comedy, you um, attempt, attempted a lot of like uh, shock humor. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's yeah. shock humor, but like. Um, and I was thinking about that because we were watching this episode of Dick Van Dyke. I don't know if you're familiar with that show, mm-hmm, yeah. Van Dyke show. And he has to speak at his son's like daddy's workday kind of thing. And he's talking about since he's a comedy writer, there's different ways to make people laugh. And one of the ways he chooses is by using kind of like shock humor. But what he explains it as is like, it's unexpected and that's why people laugh. And I think yeah, that's, the that's what you thing. should go for. You don't yeah. have to be obscene or edgy or shocky. You just, you just, you yeah. just un- it's unexpected. And it's taken me until like the last year or so to actually going to get that. Yeah. Um, Do you, um, Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, and also, sorry. I tend to talk over people. That's something I got to, um, I was just thinking like, and also one thing it's like, I realized that, the, th- the stuff that I think is funny is not necessarily what everyone else thinks is funny. Yes. So you have to be open to learning. Like I, there's jokes that I, that I don't, that I tell all the time that I don't really like because other people find them funny and you're essentially doing it for them. Um, but it was just like, it was a while, like, wait a minute. That's why we do open mics is because you don't know what's funny. The audience does. And it's a communication that has to happen for you to learn that. Um, and so then it, you know, that's you know why you're supposed to try to get out every single night and do it it's because that's mm-hmm. how you learn but it's like you it's like because you a lot of times you'll see comics go oh they're not that funny but everybody else thinks they're you know funny you know yeah. and that's why they get you know it's like maybe you know you just have to really open your ears and open your eyes you know mm-hmm. and a lot of it is some people don't like constantly you know being assaulted by edginess they like just mm-hmm. everyday ordinary stuff made funny or unexpected yeah i i love i love the idea of uh finding your voice beyond the unexpected uh, laughs. Like when you start, that's, that's where I think um, calling it a craft really is because you're crafting the situation into like funny and joke and really kind of like, you almost like kind of like heard people in your Mm -hmm. audience to like, you know, get this joke, laugh at this punchline. And it's like a really cool a symbiotic relationship in my opinion yeah yeah and that's it's yeah and i didn't i wish i'd had that feeling going in you know um yeah. we're like no i'm special laugh at me <laughs> you guys just aren't aren't smart enough to get my jokes <laughs> I mean, it all comes with growing up and maturing and stuff though, yeah. you know i was really emotional i was really emotionally immature yeah <laughs> <laughs> well i didn't say that but uh i didn't say that but i won't argue it either <laughs> no i know you know i just was really but um i think you kind of have to look at um like one of the things they kind of teach us in recovery is you can't regret the past because you learn from it and it makes mm. you who you are now but um but yeah i, I do struggle with the gosh i wish i hadn't had to been so stupid we all look back at, at life and situations and, and say that to ourselves yeah so you're not alone yeah 
Yeah. Do you want to? Do you want to touch on your sobriety? Huh? You want to touch on your sobriety about how yeah. like it's changed your life and stuff? Oh, uh, yeah. Gosh, yeah. Um, I can't believe it, the whole time that that was the problem. Um, yeah. It's just that you know. I mean, I I quit drinking and boom. You know, just like you know. Um, let's see how long has it been? Six years now. Wow! Congratulations. I mean, nothing. I I went back to school. I have like a career now. I'm not waiting tables at a dead end job. I have a great loving boyfriend. We've been been together for four years. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm paying off. You know, I've cut my debt in half. I'm paying off debt that I was like, you know, following me around for years and years. Um, and um, I'm healthier. Um, initially, I lost weight. I regained that weight during COVID. (laughs) That was one really nice perk. It's like when you quit drinking, boom. And I'm like, wow. Um, All those carbs going away. <laughs> and um, you start to feel better about yourself. And I started to realize a lot of my depression and negativity was come, coming from the alcoholism and the consequences of it. And also, like, other drugs were involved. Won't get into too much. Um, but, um, <laughs> yeah, you don't have to incriminate yourself or anything. You go all the but, um But, yeah, um, but it, it was a struggle. Like, I quit. My initial quitting day was, like, April 1st. Um, and I have, I have had a couple well, – April, April – yeah, April Fool's Day. Um, just it just happened that way. Um, but um, I just that was when I went to my I went to my first AA meeting on March 31st. Like, okay, this things things were just off the rails, out of control. It's like I I gotta quit. I gotta do something, you know. And I before I went in, I downed like a bottle of peach Smirnoff, and I'm like, oh, this is the last <laughs> <laughs> one for the road. Yeah, and then I, you know, but you know, it was great. Um, and um, then of course you get on a pink cloud and you think I got this. So I was like, I don't need the program now. I just want to get back to my life. And you know, not having that program, I kind of slipped back and I had a couple slips, you know. But I never went back into full time alcoholism. I'd have a slip, I'd get back on the horse. But now I have to say I'm coming up on um, it'll be two years this August of you know complete abstinence from alcohol and everything. But um, yeah, but before that, you know, I'd have a slip every few, every, every, it seemed like every six months I'd have a little slip and then, you know, it's like, okay, I got to stop going back to meetings or these slips are going to turn into me being a full on drunk again. And I remember that just, I made the worst decisions, you know, I spent way too much money and I didn't, I thought alcohol was medicating my problems when I didn't realize that, you know, it was, it was the problem. And I had a lot of friends that would tell me that, like would mention it and I would like, say I'm not an alcoholic shut up but really it turns out that those were my real friends because they were the ones that stayed with me and supported me for getting sober and they were trying to tell me something that was helping me out and I wish I'd listened to a lot sooner yeah that's That's powerful too because like you know I'm sure other people out there in the world are dealing with the same thing you were dealing with who don't think that's the problem or in denial or whatever you know so that's I wish I quit it a lot sooner because it's like oh man just it just things got better so quick and I and that but I'm getting back into regretting the past you know I quit when I quit and I'm thankful for that but yeah realize you don't realize it till you get away from me like oh my god I was crazy (laughs) because you're in a sort of insanity um and then you realize like oh i'm not depressed every morning oh maybe i don't have depression maybe i was just you know doing terrible things to my body yeah Um, and as much as you regret the past sometimes remind yourself a lot of people don't come out the other side i know and that hurts every time like um every time um you know i'm at a meeting we usually do prayers you know i'm not overly a religious person but i do have a certain amount of spirituality but every time we do this prayer at the end it's called the serenity prayer yeah yeah we're familiar and i think of the people that i know of that either died from addiction or from suicide and i'll kind of hold them in my heart and in my head and you know say a prayer you know that, that they find peace and yeah. I think of that every time. And every time I think, because I still, you know, like me and my boyfriend just went to Vegas. And I had this devil on my shoulder going, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Just have one drink. Nobody's going to know. Don't tell your boyfriend. Just drink. Just have one, you know. And I didn't drink, you know. But it's just like every time I get that feeling like, oh, maybe I can drink again. I remember what it brought me to. And I go, this, yeah. is, just, this is just a trick your brain is playing on you. Um, but yeah, I, but I remember, you know, you know what it did to my life and I remember what it's done to some people that I know and care about. And so whenever we say the prayer, I was holding my heart and I remind myself, you know, that I got out of it and I always feel for the people that don't, you know, I think it's amazing that, uh, you're able to give yourself grace when you do have your, your slip ups to say, Oh, I slipped up. We're going to keep moving on. We're going to keep moving forward because some people, they slip up and they just keep going. They Mm -hmm. just keep going with with the slip up and then it's their cycle again. And 
they're sad again. They make things worse. Things get even. They don't worse. remember that initial yeah. they were at. And I don't want to, I don't want to re Well, what happened was, is when I got back into the program about two years ago now here in San Clemente is, okay, I got a commitment. I have a meeting I run on Tuesday nights and I have a sponsor and I have a sponsee, which is someone that's under me that I help. And that has really been the glue that through those hard times where I'm thinking of slipping, it's like, nope, I can't do that. I have responsibilities. Mm -hmm. And that's what everybody told me to do when I first got sober, get a commitment, get, I don't need to do all that stuff. But then I found out, yeah, I actually do need to do all that stuff. And it's through learning, you know, I'm just pretty, I'm pretty dumb as a person. I need to really F up. (laughs) I need, I always (laughs) have to learn everything the hard way a couple of times. (laughs) (laughs) Did you think that you run a meeting? (laughs) Yeah, I do. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's that's pretty cool. I never oh, thought that would happen. If you told me that, like, you know, seven years ago, I was like, I don't know, meeting? I love drinking. <laughs> <laughs> I love drinking. I would like, me from the future, you know, you're going to be doing this. Like, no, I'm, I would just like laugh, laugh them out of the realm. Um, so it is weird how life goes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is it, is it like uh, similar or different to like having an open mic? Uh, I think it's made me more comfortable at open mics because you're kind of, you know, I mean, it, it helps me at meetings because I have to read, you know, announcements, you know, and make them exciting to listen to, but it makes me more comfortable speaking in front of people. Yeah. Um, it's, but, um, it's, it's weird. Yeah. Because people do like share, you know, in meetings, but, and, and people are funny, you know, it's just people being human. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you try to like run jokes, uh, in your speeches? Oh my goodness. Um, not, it, it not, well, if they just happen organically, you yeah. know, like this one point in the meeting where we'll say like, um, you know, any, any AA announcements and then you know, I'll say, don't smoke crack. I don't know, you know <laughs> joke people make, but I don't like just use it as a place to do material. That would be <laughs> not appropriate. Like, read the room. Read the room. <laughs> how, how long, um, was your comedy break? Um, let's I guess see. the most recent one. I don't know. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, I uh, pretty much, you know, when we moved to San Diego, I tried to stay up a little bit with the open mics, you know. But then I was, you know, I was still like doing online courses for like social media and marketing because I was really, you know, daily doing the job search. You know, that's another thing. It's like if you really want to find the right job, it's a full time job. Yeah. But I ended up in a great job, and so that kind of between you know learning the new job that really kind of pulled me out of it until um, just this last year where I started. It was it's just been a, about a month or two that I've been going to at least one mic a week. So I mean, and I know I need to probably ramp it up to do more, but I'm kind of taking it at my own pace. You know, yeah, absolutely. Um, just because I do have other goals, like other like financial goals that I'm working on, yeah. and my job is important too. Um, but, um, and it's really hard. Like you, there's so many elements to comedy. There's the writing, there's the marketing, there's the going to mics and trying stuff. And when you're trying to focus on all, I'm very ADHD when I try to focus on all things at once, like, um, I just, you know, it's hard to do any one thing well. And so right now I'm just focusing on the writing part of it. And then when there is time to go to a mic, I'll try what I've written. Um, but I guess, you know, I stopped around like, I don't know, it's been like, you know, probably like three, two and a half to three years this break. But, um, so I guess it has been a while. So, yeah, but I'm glad you're getting out there again. You know, you're, yeah, yeah, I I am too. Um, I start, I feel, you know, and I'm just a lot more comfortable, I think with myself. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you are. I'm sure it's, it's a different world. So a lot of the jokes that I used to do, um, they aren't, you know, they don't, I, I do. And it's like, God, this doesn't feel right. This really isn't me anymore. I need to find out who this new person is. Yes, exactly. Wow. I also like uh, the idea because I feel like a lot of, and I'm, I'm not going to speak for everyone, but I feel like a lot of uh, comedians get kind of like anxious or sad or depressed because they really try to keep up pace with other people uh-huh. Yeah. Who make it seem like one, it's effortless. Two, it's completely doable to do like twenty mics in like two days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you, you're, you're so many different people. Some people have families they have to go to. Some people have like a job at like four o'clock in the morning and they can't be doing late mi- night mics. So I think it's really important that you know you are accepting that you're doing this at your own pace. That's going to be super powerful for you and for anybody else who's going on the the comedy uh, journey. 
Really? And it ha- it'll happen how it's supposed to happen and it, on yeah. your terms. You know, I can't, you know, force myself to follow somebody else's trajectory. Because that's what a lot of tug of war I did with is like, I wanted to focus on these other things like family life, paying off debt, you know, getting a career, a day job that I love, that I liked. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and I, I was, tr- I was still trying to do comedy full time on top of it. And I was just overwhelmed. Yeah. And done. And so I just had to make the decisions. It's like, okay. Um, Cause I'm not a person that can like, you know, be financially insecure and do comedy. Some people are very comfortable with yes. that. I'm not in order for me to be creative. I have to be financially secure. And, um, you know, I mean, I wish I was that person that could live in their car. Cause I think they tend to do, do well and do well very fast. Yeah. Um, but it's, that's just not- you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but maybe that's a good thing. And, you know, maybe my way is wrong, but it's the right way for me, but it's just that I'm the type of person that has to, you know, no bills are paid, no debts nice. are paid off, you know, things are stable, you know? Um, and I also have to make time for my family who live out of, you know, st- way out of state now. And so if I want to see them, you know, I have to make time for them. But, um, you know, I'm the type of person who needs that foundation, you know, yeah. that needs that structure to feel safe, to be creative. Yeah. So that's when I knew I had to like really, you know, make that a priority. And, um, that's when I was able to finally get it done and get the job that I wanted to be doing. So I think if you're not hurting anybody, there is no wrong way, you know? true we all just do it our own way some people go to comedy school you know i never did that some people like read books about comedy or some people be like whatever like just all kinds of different all kinds of different ways it's been Mm -hmm. so interesting listening to everybody's kind of you know comedic origin story of how they started and some of them are similar you know like I just recently experienced this tragedy and then i wanted to do stand-up like it it's like like a divorce or something like that yeah but like the the thing that rings true is that when they stopped trying to keep up pace with other people, that's where they found their own identity as a comedian and they found the, the what works for them. And I feel like comedy is like one of the only things where people will see a comedian who's like unhoused struggling financially like not even being able to like find a bite to eat and having like such a hard time but they emulate them because they're getting booked you know they're on shows they're on flyers and you know that this person is like having a difficult time but they inspire envy in others just because they're getting booked yeah, it's like the only place where you could be suffering and not doing very well, and people are like, "Wow, you've got it all." That's <laughs> true. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, and like the thing is, though, even if I think I were to do comedy that way, just drop everything, live in my car, I wouldn't succeed <laughs> because that's not how I operate. I would be yeah. too overwhelmed with I'm living in my car, blah blah blah, you know. And then I wouldn't be able to perform all on stage. So it's all about you know doing what you need to do. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, exactly. But I do admire those people that do put it on. I mean, I, yeah, hats off to them. That's probably the right way to do it. But <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the right way for them. What yeah. Sam was saying, like, there's no real wrong way, but you have to figure out what your way is. What works for you? Yeah. yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, what are do you? Uh, what are some like some of the good moments, the like, highlights from your from your time doing comedy yeah. in San Francisco? Um, one of my favorite, I'll just, you know, one of my, one of my few impressive credits is was doing, um, the five <laughs> females with Susan Alexander. Yeah. That was oh, like, yeah. Oh, I forgot about her. I haven't seen she her in a while. She passed away. Um, she did? Oh. A lot of, you know, wow. you know, great artist friends from my, you know, from San Francisco passed away, you know, photographer that did my headshots. Oh, we're talking about highlights and I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about highlights. Not um, that, <laughs> um, it would probably be, um, comedy one time we did a we did an open mic on a bus <laughs> oh wow Whoa. was the bus um, moving? a while ago it was when um oh, i'm trying to think um um i don't know yeah i i didn't set it up it was some of my friends it was like colleen watson i think yeah i don't know if you remember her she was a com- so. she's in la now i don't know if she's still doing comedy but it was her and then this guy connor i can't remember his last name but oh, we just well, connor like it. uh Kelica? yeah no, no, not him. Oh, okay, um, okay. That's the only kind yeah. I think I know. Um, but um, 
it was, I was just say, we just, we just decided to do it on a mute. And I was afraid of the idea, but it was like when I was one of those points where you got to push yourself to do this crazy stuff, but without permission, we just jumped on a muni bus. I mean, I would never have the balls to organize something that like that myself, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm cool, uh, cool about going along with your bad idea, but it ended up being a good idea. We jumped <laughs> on the bus and, um, I, one of us started doing comedy. Hi, we're doing comedy on the, oh, not mute. Yeah. Did I say mute? Yeah. Muni. Um, I get, I get Portland, um, Portland's, um, public transportation and San Francisco public transportation mixed up. So I wanted to make sure I said the right one. And we started doing comedy. I'm like, they're going to kick us off, but they didn't. It just, oh. you know, they enjoyed it. And then the next person got up and did their set. Wow. <laughs> the bus driver thought it was great, but you know, the thing is though, it could have gone the exact opposite. People yeah. could have been throwing stuff. There could have been a crazy person. The bus driver said, get the fuck off. You know? <laughs> um, oops, sorry. Mean to say no, that. you're good. Okay. No worries. But uh, you know, it, the thing is, though, that's the thing. We 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 should have had to be like prepared for that. You know, you have to be willing. Oh, I'm going to try this, and it could go really shitty, and I have to be okay with that, and still willing to go try it again. But it was great. For that time, it worked out great because we were such bad. Like, oh, it went really well. Um, and I would say, um, running. Um, I did run my own show. I didn't think it was successful at the time, but when I tried to run a show again, years later, I realized just how successful it was. It was probably, I ran, um, a show at, um, underground SF, mm-hmm. um, twice a month, which was a lot, turned out to be a lot of work. Um, a lot more work than I expected it to be. And it took forever. I mean, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have the right mic stand. Um, I didn't know how to promote <laughs> it, took, but it took about six months and I started to get a consistent audience. And just oh, then cool. they stopped the show, the DJ show after it I went away. But, you know, I, I didn't think it was very good. But then when I tried to run a show the second time and it completely flopped, um, I realized just how successful that show was, given the fact that I was doing it pretty much on my own. Wow. Um, and so it's like, but the thing, speaking about the show that flopped, we, we got this really nice venue, um, but I could kind of get the feeling that the guy wasn't really into comedy. He was just begrudgingly accepting it. And I shouldn't listen to that um, because we didn't have a lot of support from the venue and the people I was working, um, I was working with a group and they said, well, we need to ask for compensation for the comics. I go, I agree. And so we started to ask for stuff, which we should, but the guy, because the guy wasn't into it, he was just bummed that he was getting asked for all this stuff. And so we did the show and we had a decent turnout, but because they didn't make, you know, a lot of money for the bar that night. He canceled it right away. And we'd already had flyers ready for the next show. I'd kick them down. And it happened right after the show was done. We were talking about it. And my friend got the email saying, well, it looks like this comedy thing's not going to work out. And the thing that was sad is because when we got there, he had none of the stuff set up. And he wasn't even there. We had to, like, scramble. So, I mean, the bar oh, just wow. never worked with the bar unless they seem invested in it. Yeah. And it's so hard to find a venue because if they don't, if they're not gung-ho, you're going to get, you're not going to get shit from them. Yeah. as far as support but it really hurt because i was really i really put a lot into trying to make this show a success and it failed but then you know through that i realized you know what the work the absolute worst that could have happened what i feared happened and it's not that bad yeah. so yeah. you know if i ever you know start anything down here it's like i keep saying well no what if it goes well yeah it could go wrong but you know it's you can't you just failure is part of it and i was just so afraid of failure it's like i would i wouldn't do anything unless i'm sure it would work which is not the way to go with comedy. You know, you yeah, have to try stuff yeah. fail and you have to really look stupid. It's like you're learning, you know. Yeah, with if comedy. Was, oh, sorry. I was ahead. embarrassed. Oh, I'm sorry. I was embarrassed how my first show went because I did so many things wrong. But looking in back, it's like, well, that's a learning experience. Now I know not to do that again. And eventually it got more successful. So. Wow. That's cool. What, what uh, got you into producing in the first place? How'd you uh, get into that? Um, it was, um, I, um, just kind of wanted to like, you know, it, uh, run my own thing, you know, have, you know, um, something that, you know, I had control over. And originally it was to get more stage time. Um, but a, I was so, you know, obsessed with the producing side and promoting that I, you know, I didn't really have much energy for hosting. <laughs> <laughs> Always the yeah. best way. The best way to get stage time is to run an open mic, which I think, you know, I might see if I can do that down here. Um, the best, that's probably because the, there's not a lot of work that has to go into producing, you know, you get more stage, but you're, you're yeah. producing a show. You're so worried about all the things that go behind it. You can't really oh, enjoy wow. the main yeah. part. And, <laughs> but, then, um, and if you're doing it like every two weeks, like you said, then you're constantly promoting because your show's over and the next day you're getting ready for the next show. 
Yeah, it was constant. Yeah, and I didn't realize that, you know, and it gave me a whole new respect from people that do all these shows like Pan Benjamin. Um, I don't know how Aww. she does all that. I'm a, I, would, I would lose my mind. She, she must have to be just constantly promoting, constant. I mean, it's just really, it's really hard. But, um, you know, I'm glad I did it because, I mean, I learned a lot of important things. But I think, you know, um, it's important to, you know, that's an important part of, you know, is to, is to at least try to produce shows <laughs> or, you yeah. know, try to do other yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. But, um, but I think now that I've, you know, had my ups and downs of producing, maybe when I go, maybe when I go back to it this time, you know, it'll do better. I don't know. We'll see. You've had a successful I want to get out there and get to know, I want to get out there and get to know the comics in this area a little better. Yeah. 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 You've had a good, a successful show and you've had a kind of a flop show. So you kind of know, like how it feels yeah. yeah what to do either way really so yeah yeah and awesome. a lot of people when you think about it a lot of people fail you know and i've been like you know producing shows where people were talking shit about it at the show which is very common and you oh just wow go, that's yeah that would let that shit roll off your back well yeah. they were right in what they were saying um but you know just gotta realize that you know i mean you gotta i was just i would just let every little thing bother me and now i don't let everything bother every little thing bother me anymore but um i think if just just like with starting your your sets at open mics you're gonna suck at first well the same is gonna go for producing you're not gonna you know start producing i mean yeah you sometimes some people be begin better than others but you've got to accept the facts there's things you're not going to think of yeah. um there's things that are going to go wrong and um you know that's you know it's the only people that don't have that experience are people that don't try anything you know yep yeah just absolutely. Roll with the punches yeah that's really. a big part of it definitely so nicole before we uh wrap up uh let's manifest a few things uh what do you want to have you know for the future for comedy and for for life Oh gosh, I usually don't make long-term plans. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I made long-term plans, you'll go opposite. Um, well, I would like, um, we'll do more. So I would like to, um, you know, kind of start running my own, probably, I'll probably start with a weekly mic. I think that would be, um, you know, because I mean, I think this area probably could use more mics. Um, yeah. Uh, the problem is I don't bar hop anymore. So I'll have to <laughs> so you don't know all the bars. <laughs> you know, venues. Maybe I can talk to somebody there the comics. Probably that. And then I'd like to, um, within the next months, be getting out to three mics a week. Um, cool. That'll really help me, you know. And then um, hopefully just three months after that, be getting more into the city areas. I mean, three months, three mics doesn't sound like a lot, but with the location I'm at yeah. <laughs> and all the different things I'm going on, that pretty much is a more realistic goal than saying I'm going to make it out seven nights a week. Yeah. Um, and then I'll probably just go from there. Um, I just got promoted at my job. Oh, um, congratulations. Yay. So, um, and that, um, but what's great about my job is if, you know, um, I do, you know, start doing more comedy, it's a remote job. So I could essentially work my job and do comedy. Yes. So there's a lot of possibilities there. Um, and um yeah i yeah that's about all i i'm not really good at like oh in 10 years i'm gonna be doing this <laughs> <laughs> yeah but that's I think good though like... up and then you learn and then you reevaluate because i made all these goals back when i went to san francisco and none of them came to fruition <laughs> because i didn't know what i was doing i didn't know what i was talking about but yeah I like yeah. but you're definitely uh you're you're probably doing better than those goals anyway so <laughs> like in your life now so you're doing well, good. sobriety is a big thing you know yeah, I, mean, I, exactly. just, you know, I hope to still i hope to still be sober 10 years from now um, Hell yeah. so and that's not guaranteed that's something i have to work out every day yeah. every day every day is a struggle but i feel like you can do it you know you're a strong thank person. you thank you well it was so great talking to you guys thank yeah you. it was really awesome talking to you and getting to know you a little bit better and uh you know, hearing some stories about your past and things like that. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you want to play your social media? Huh? Oh, uh, well, I um, right now it's mostly just my dog, Gage. Um, but you can, <laughs> follow me, you can still follow me on Instagram um, at Turley World Comedy or at, I think it's at Turley World. Um, at Turley World is pretty much my handle for Twitter, for Facebook, for um instagram um if you want to see the stuff that i don't say on facebook or i don't you know, <laughs> stuff that i want to hide that i say the more you know offensive st you know i don't really get that offensive is twitter is where you go that's that's where i post the stuff that i'm afraid to post other places <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh uh, before you go i have a quick story 
So Athena, <laughs> Athena never goes on Twitter ever, 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 ever. And so sometimes I'll like, if I think of a joke premise, I'll, I'll just throw it on Twitter just to kind of see if I get reactions to whatever. I'll, I'll text it to my best friend. And uh, we were in the car the other day and she was driving pretty fast. And I was like, Hey, you know, there's a speed limit. Like, what are you doing? And then she was like, Oh, I'm keeping with the flow of traffic. And that was the end of the conversation. Right. But then I went to Twitter and I put, uh, my wife was driving really fast and I had to remind her of the speed limit. She said, I'm keeping up with the flow of traffic. And I said, that's not traffic. That's a police chase. <laughs> and so then we're at home and she was started to read it out loud. I'm like, wait, what? You went on Twitter? Oh my God. He's <laughs> so scared. He acted like I was like reading aloud some private message that yeah. he didn't put on Twitter. <laughs> like, hey, where did you, where where did you, you see that? that? <laughs> I thought she was gonna get so mad, and it's funny because she started reading it and she was kind of like, "What?" Upset about it, but then by the time she got to the end, she was laughing hysterically. <laughs> and now that's my new that's my new joke, and people love it every time I say. No, it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, keep that. That's a keeper. <laughs> oh yeah, and before we like finish up, I just I know I know it's it's your episode and it's about you. But I just wanted to reiterate that I'm such a huge fan of your parents' artwork, too. Yes. Oh, yeah. And you'll see my parents' artwork, yeah, at, um, it's at Turley Art now. They, their, their Twitter is at Turley Art. It was oh, Mom and Art. They, yeah, my parents are artists. They're both uh, watercolor and acrylic artists. And um, you'll Turley Giddings Art is the website. If you go Turley Giddings Art, you'll get their website. And they have a lot of stuff on there. And um and my mom, um, because of her artwork, she has really gotten into Instagram. So my mom took over Instagram. <laughs> she's posting her paintings. I mean, she's like a Instagram diva, an Instagram art model. <laughs> <laughs> it's just really cool to see my parents, you know, in that are just get into social media and now they're just supporting there. I was like, ah. <laughs> still- I, I made them. I made them a web page and an Instagram account. Um, oh, nice. And that's something that happened after I got sober. I started to do things for the people I care about. And that means the world to me. It really does. Um, Cause, but, um, but yeah, I, I met when I was, well, let me try this Instagram. And then my mom just really, really took to it. She goes, she like, cause my mom hates social media. Cause she thinks it's a bunch of people fighting, but then Instagram is where people post pictures of their pets and they're yeah. lovely. So she likes Instagram and she regularly posts her artwork on it. So that's, I that's love it. I nice. that's cool. love it. They're just like, they're totally two different styles. And oh, the material they come up with is just beautiful. So I just wanted to say that. (laughs) That warms my heart. They will love to hear that. So I'll probably be talking to them today. So I'll tell them you said that. Oh, that's (laughs) awesome. Are they still in Portland? They are in Vancouver, actually, which is across the river from Portland. But um, that's cool. That's cool. Awesome. Um, So anyway, social media, you can find me at Funky Sam Medina across the board. Uh, I have a lot of sh- cool shows coming up, so go check those out. I thought you were going to say shit again. I have a lot of cool shit coming <laughs> up. Uh, you can find me at She Shines for You, all spelled out, no numbers on uh, Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> Don't go on Twitter. Don't go on Twitter. <laughs> awesome, Nicole. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was great seeing you guys. You have a good day, okay? Likewise. Oh, all right. You.